Welcome back to the Retro Craptacular, where each month we continue our search for the best bad movies on the planet Earth. I am your host, Aaron, and I am joined, as always, by Matt. It's a podcast. Good day to you. It's a podcast. Well, here we go. Did I not say podcast? No. Oh, we can't start the show right <laughs> ever. Um, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just uh, like drove oh, somewhere man. to do something for the first time in two months and one week you why oh it's picking i mean i drive literally every day but that's fine yeah (laughs) it was i was getting flowers for mother's day oh for mommy's day yes nice nice i uh yeah i didn't i didn't do uh anything for mother's day that's fair because it's because it's tomorrow so i'll do that shit tomorrow (laughs) <laughs> yeah this um, the flower place i wanted to go to just wasn't <laughs> open tomorrow so that's yeah yeah no i don't do flowers anymore i got i got my mom a i cashed in my scene points because i have the scene visa for anyone listening outside of canada uh, we have one theater chain here in canada <laughs> called cineplex and they have these things called scene points if you get enough scene points you get free movies well i have a credit card that gets me scene points mm-hmm. but i haven't been to the movies in a year at least right at least so okay so i saw three movies in the theater last year i saw the invisible man i saw uh the harley quinn birds of prey movie Mm -hmm. and i saw tenet and tenet was the last time i used my scene points and i think at the time i had about fifteen thousand points I think to get into the VIP cinema, it costs about two thousand points, maybe twenty five hundred. Wow! So I just I just have so many points <laughs> kicking around that I can't use. So uh, I got an email to my email being like, "Hey, you should use some of your scene points for a last day Mother's Day gift and get her like a gift card for something." And so I guess you can get like gift cards for restaurants or something like that. So I cashed in a bunch of scene points, got them a gift card. Got my mom a gift card for uh that can be used at like ten different restaurants. Oh. Yeah. Well, thanks, Cineplex. I know. Not and I sponsored. was like, great. Not sponsored. Um but we are available. Literally always. For, literally <laughs> forever. <laughs> so get at us if you want. Uh, Do that. Um enough Mother's Day crap. No mothers listen to this show. You don't know that. Not even. My mother doesn't. Well, neither does mine. So, no. But she supports us on Patreon, though, which is sweet. Oh, that's so lovely. Isn't that lovely? Aww. Anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you been up to? I actually watched just last night one of the movies that you just listed that you watched in theaters last night. Was it Tenet? No, it wasn't. It should have been. Ooh, was it Birds of Prey? It was. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I watched Birds of Prey and the the fab the fab i don't remember the whole title <laughs> fantabulous emancipation of harley quinn or something? of one harley quinn of That's one it, yeah. harley quinn mm-hmm. yeah yeah i uh watched that i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would yeah it's it's like it's pretty good yeah it's you know it's it's i, I couldn't help but compare it to suicide squad in you know it's of set course, in the same yeah. world obviously also has harley quinn mm-hmm. but suicide squad in my opinion as someone who doesn't know a ton about cinema is a bad movie that was poorly written 
Um, yeah, no, 100%. Birds of Prey was really interesting to watch and intelligently written in that it actually had characters. Yeah. My favorite thing in that movie is at the very end when they're doing the big fight at the carnival or whatever, there's like a scene where like, I think uh, Canary and... Oh, I can't remember who the other one is. Uh, are like fighting back to back, and Canary's like got her hair down and it's like getting in her face. And the other girl's like, "Hey, do you need a hair tie?" And she's like, "Oh, thanks." Yeah. And like, <laughs> like puts her hair in a ponytail. I'm like, "Oh, this was written by women." Yeah. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It was so good. Yeah, it was it was Harley Quinn who had the had the hair tie around her wrist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it was great. Also, seeing Ewan McGregor as a villain was fantastic. He does a really good job, Dude, and he was he's so good. Just a horrible, horrible person, and. Yeah, Crushed also it. Mary Elizabeth. Yeah, oh, he did. He did totally yeah. crush it. Mary Elizabeth Winstead oh as Huntress. Gosh. I wanted more Huntress. <laughs> I absolutely wanted more Huntress. When she's like practicing her speech in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And like, yeah. yeah, everyone calls her the, the crossbow killer, but she wants to be known as the Huntress. No one knows her as the Huntress. And there's like finally yeah. <laughs> that scene where she's like, they call me. And then she's about to say the Huntress. And the cops like the crossbow killer, and she just like, oh god damn it! Like freaks out. <laughs> so oh, good, it's hilarious. It took it actually took me a while to realize that that was Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I just I recognized her face, and I was like, oh, yeah. who is that? And only like at the very end of the movie, I was like, oh, that's Ramona Flowers. <laughs> yes, Ramona Flowers. Yeah, that movie was a lot uh, of fun. So good. really rides the line okay. between like really ridiculous action and horrible nasty gore of like breaking limbs and stuff yeah it does ride that line yeah rides it very well uh i watched something oh amazing i don't know if you've seen it yet it's on netflix um i watched a movie called the mitchells versus the machines i have seen a trailer I haven't watched it yet. Tell me about it. Dude, I died laughing. Oh. It was so unbelievably funny. I don't want to spoil anything, but there's one part where uh, they're they're talking about all the advances in technology and like, he's like, we've even taught dogs to talk. And the, oh, the dog that talks, it's so so fucking funny i don't want to try and do like an impression or anything to like build up your expectations but like i we had to pause the movie oh, wow because like for the next 20 minutes i would just it would pop back into my head and i would just start laughing again <laughs> <laughs> at at just at the thought of it and we had to like pause several times anyways we finished it and then we immediately went back and watched it again oh wow immediate rewatch. like immediately st- immediate rewatch that's amazing um it's so funny the animation is incredible the voice acting is really good um it's so well written it's so funny actually i was watching it with my partner and the main character is like is pretty obviously a lesbian and then you do find out at the end that yes she she is a lesbian they don't they don't make like a big thing about it um which is also kind of nice it's just like that's just her character um but so we're watching and she's like oh this was written by a woman this has to be written by a woman and we get to the end credits, and it's written by two dudes. Oh, what? <laughs> and we're watching with her. She's like, what? No! <laughs> a man? 
No! <laughs> um, but yeah, it was directed by two guys, that um, both of whom worked on Gravity Falls. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, they both wrote... One of them wrote, like, pretty much the entire second half of the second season. Like, episode, like, 14 to the end was all written by him. Oh, man. Um, and then the other guy wrote a couple episodes and also did some voice acting. Uh, some, like, minor characters on there. Nice. Yeah. It's um, it's re- it's really, really well done. It's, it, it's yeah. It's at the top of my... Um, animated movies list at the moment wow i think. definitely it, gotta it's watch right that up there man yeah it's so good it's sony animation man they're they're stepping up their game cool like between this and enter the spider-verse i'm like mm. finally finally someone's giving disney a run for their money yeah um so yeah highly 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 recommend I, i've seen it three times already oh, man. Uh, <laughs> awesome and i'm pretty sure tanisha's watched it several more times without me while i've been at work so well on the other end of the spectrum i watched a movie uh that turned out to not be very good <laughs> oh nice it's actually a, that's why we're here yeah, it was a i'm not actually talking about the movie that i'm like are you segueing into the thing no the show? No, i always okay. let you do the segue i actually <laughs> just watched a different movie uh oh nice it's a recent release so i rented it from cineplex um actually like for my birthday and okay uh it's the movie chaos walking have you heard of it oh i have heard of it yeah yeah it's like a it's an interesting premise um it stars tom holland daisy ridley and mads mickelson and so for all of those reasons i was like okay awesome let's watch it I do not recommend this movie. <laughs> no. That's too bad, because it was also directed by Doug Lyman, who directed the first Bourne movie and oh. um, the Tom Cruise uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. With Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, which is a very good movie also. Yeah, but this... Yeah. This, it, eh, it, was, it just it felt really like poorly written. Like there was just yeah. kind of... Wasn't it? Isn't it based on like a YA novel? I'm not sure. It would make sense though. The the trailer definitely gave off like Hunger Games, Maze Runner, Divergent vibes. Yeah, kind of. But like the the best thing about the movie was that Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley were in it. Yeah. Um, and so like, were, were they good? Yeah, they were. Like they weren't. They didn't blow my mind, but they're they're both very competent actors. And both really yeah. cute. Um, yeah. And so... So, did you notice, like, an age? Did like the, the, their ages change at all? Because I think the movie was originally supposed to come out in, like, 2018. I mean, I don't know how noticeable it would be. Probably not that noticeable. It was supposed to come out in, like, 2018, and then, like, it got delayed a bunch. And then I think they reshot it, reshot some stuff, like, a couple years later. And, like... Oh, weird. I didn't notice that. Tom Holland didn't get like weirdly taller or anything like that. No, not that I saw, but no. yeah. how old is Tom Holland? No idea. Cuz he looks like he's 50, <laughs> but I bet he's like 26. Uh, I mean probably. I would like I assume that he's younger than us, but I really don't have any idea. Yeah, I don't know either. I know Daisy Ridley is the same age as us. Ugh. Does that does she that depress you? Born in the same month. 
Oh, really? Same month, same year? Yeah. That's cute. You should call her. We're both cancers. Yay. Yay. Um, Tom uh, Holland is 24. Ooh, I was close. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Hmm. Um, did you get around to watching either The Falcon and the Winter Soldier or The Bad Batch? Oh, no. I totally forgot that The Bad Batch came out. I haven't done that yet. I only saw the first episode, but I enjoyed oh, it. Oh, cool. And it's like, also the first episode's like 75 minutes long. Oh. So, it's like, good to know. you get a a short movie right right off the bat cool um it's pretty good uh they worked in an annoying child classic <laughs> why you keep doing this oh no um so to appeal to children i guess yeah like kids probably like seeing kids in their shows i guess so i'm trying to remember like if i like when I was a kid, if I was watching like anime, like if there was like a child character, if I related more to it, I mean, maybe. I definitely didn't. Like I remember growing no, up. No, I hated watching, Gohan. Well, first of all, watching Red Dwarf, no kids yeah. loved it, and watching no reboot kids. Enzo's fucking annoying. <laughs> like, yeah, Gohan was fucking annoying. Oh, absolutely. Anytime there was a Gohan episode, I'd be like, no, fuck this. Where's Goku? Where's Piccolo? <laughs> yeah. Um, where's Vegeta? <laughs> It's stupid. Never get that over show. that name. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I heard someone describe that show as just hours upon hours of muscle screaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, accurate. It's kind of it's pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I know I shit on it last episode, but oh man, it took a turn. Oh, that I like for the better. Nice. Um, which I'm very, very happy about. Okay, so you redact um, your earlier comments? Yes. Uh, I I still think it it took a little too long to get to the point. Okay. Uh, and the point of the show is, what does it mean for a black man in America to be Captain America? Hmm. You know, because at the end of Avengers Endgame... Uh, he gives Sam the shield. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, at the beginning of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, he gives the shield to the Smithsonian. And he's like, I don't want to be Captain America. Um, and then throughout the series, you, you know, he kind of goes on a a journey of self discovery where he needs to decide whether or not he can. Uh, you know, wear the stars and stripes and be an African-American and, and wear the symbol of a country that hasn't, you know, respected him or his ancestors. So mm. uh, it it gets to that point. And like episode five and six especially um, are, are are really good and, and, and really touch on that. So awesome. Um, yeah. But like I said, it kind of it took its sweet fucking time getting there <laughs> uh. and it could have got there. A lot, a lot quicker in my, in my mind, um, but yeah. Uh, uh, overall, it's only six episodes. They're about an hour each. I think it's worth the watch. Cool. Well, that's good to know. It'll probably be helpful for me to already know that ahead time to enjoy it more. Yeah. So cool. I will likely do that. Yeah, and this is one of those ones where I'm like, it almost. I think it might have been better if you'd put them all out at once. Mm. You know. Yeah. 
Like some, I I do. I overall, I like that Disney Plus is doing the week to week thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because I know, like, when Netflix was doing their Marvel shows, like, there was always like a race to like binge the entire show. Oh, so that nothing gets because, ruined for you. So that nothing gets ruined for me. Uh-huh. I remember like. I remember like hectically like packing my bags because I had to like go to the airport to catch a flight to Europe and I'm like only on episode 11 of Daredevil (laughs) season two and I'm like I gotta finish this before I go to Europe for two weeks or else I'm gonna be out of the loop and I'm not gonna know what's going on you know it's gonna get spoiled for me on Twitter and I have never felt like that about anything I'm so sorry that that happened to you (laughs) but yeah that's that's yeah that's because you're not on social media do I yeah yeah um i mean we had a period of people respecting spoilers you know like uh uh game the last couple seasons of game of thrones i thought were pretty good people weren't like oh my god so and so died you know (laughs) they they kept it uh they kept it pretty respectful online but then i with the i think it came with like disney plus all of a sudden like i'm watching the episode of the Mandalorian at six in the morning, you know, I'm getting up so I can watch it before work. And then by the time I'm finished it, I go online and there's, you know, pictures of Luke Skywalker. Jeez. And with like no spoiler warning and, and people are like posting pictures be like, Oh my God, this was the greatest thing ever. I'm so happy. And it's like posted four hours ago. I'm like, are you? Wow fucking kid you're posting this at like three in the morning jeez four in the morning like what what? (sighs) some people just straight up disrespect and by some Um, people i mean star wars fans (laughs) oh my god yeah yeah Uh uh-oh yeah i don't know i don't know man i don't know where that came from but speaking of i don't know where that uh, came from segue are you trying to go into the show? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we can't do that oh, yet. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? We have to do. Uh, real quick, have you ever seen the show Death Note? Yes. Nice. I just uh, I just watched the entire show. Oh yeah. Over the last two weeks, yeah. It's pretty fucking nuts, eh? It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Now you need to watch um, the live action movie on Netflix. <laughs> Uh, I I had already seen the live action movie. Oh, on you had seen that. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's garbage. <laughs> uh, so that was my only experience with Death Note, and so I was like, kind of like, oh, I don't, I didn't really mind it. No. I remember seeing actually. That's not true because I remember for some reason Death Note was on YTV. Oh. Which is also weird. Yeah. <laughs> they had. I think they had like an anime block on like Saturday afternoon evenings or something like that. Hmm. Um, and they would play like Dragon Ball Z and then I think some more kind of adult stuff. Cause I remember seeing random episodes, um, as I was, as I was watching it, I'm like, Oh, this is familiar. Oh, I've seen this before. Oh, weird. That kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, what a great, great show. Yeah. It's yeah. really, really interesting and intense. Yeah. So now I'm on the lookout for more, uh, grown-up oriented animes Mm. and there are a lot to watch if anyone there's a lot of psychological horror stuff too that 
Yeah, I don't recommend yeah. it personally, but not like adult anime. No, no, I knew what you meant. I don't. I yeah, knew yeah, what yeah. you meant. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. But if anyone has any good recommendations, let me know. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Oh, also, I watched Spirited Away, and it was lovely. <sighs> I love Spirited Away. I love that all the Ghibli movies are just on Netflix now. You can just watch them whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah, they're all on Netflix. Oh, they're so lovely. Uh, I went a bit crazy at, on the Shout Factory Steelbook sale, and I bought Spirited Away and Princess oh, Mononoke. Oh, yeah, that's right. Howl's Moving Castle and My, My Neighbor Totoro. Totoro. Yeah. I think that's it. Don't you also have Ponyo? No, they they put out Ponyo on Steelbook, and I was like, fuck <laughs> Ponyo, I'm not buying that. All right. <laughs> I don't I don't know anything about it. I just know that it's like kind of disrespected in the grand like oeuvre of Studio Ghibli. Ghibli? You know, I'm not Ghibli? actually sure which way it's supposed to be said. Okay. It's probably Ghibli, but I also grew up saying Ghibli, so I'm not going to judge it's you. It's like a it's like a GH though, isn't it? It is a GH. Ghibli. Yeah, I don't know. Uh yeah, all I know is that it was kind of disrespected. <clears throat> Uh, from what I've seen online, that's all I know. Yeah, the people are like, it's not good. Watch Castle in the Sky instead. And I'm like, oh, okay. yeah. Well, I mean, like I would say, Castle in the Sky is Castle in the Sky is better. Um, yeah. But also, I loved Ponyo. That is one so. that that is one that I have seen. Mm. It's like that's a Castle really in interesting one. It's like a really it. interesting yeah, world. Watching that in high school. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. All right. So, Matt. Speaking of Mother's Day. Yeah. Segway. <laughs> I got the mother of all Mother's Day presents for you, my friend. Oh, mother me. So I was going I was going to I ordered this in in anticipation for our uh 50th episode and it arrived about 4 days after whamp, whamp. we recorded and so I didn't have time to get your reaction now to it. Now it's the 51st but... episode special. 51st episode special. So, sir, I just sent you a link in the chat. Mm. And, well, okay, the, it kind of spoils it in the thumbnail. But I'm not going to look at the thumbnail. Not going to look at the thumbnail. I, I, I can see you looking at it. I'm it's totally fine. not. It's, <laughs> it's okay. All right. Click play on that video, sir. I can't see you anymore, though. Oh, there you are. Okay, clicking play on video. Hey, Matthew, what's happening, buddy? It is Jason, David, Frank, where's my necklace? What? JDF, the Green Ranger, White Ranger, Red Zeo, Red Turbo, Black Dino Thunder, Lord Dragon, and now I have a brand new movie called The Legend of the White Dragon. So, Matthew, maybe you can do something on your podcast on that. Hey, uh, Aaron wanted me to tell you that uh, you're amazing. And I know both of y'all watch Power Rangers, which is mind-blowing because we've been around for 28 years. And we were actually filming the movie on film. Everything is digital now. Everything has changed, my friend. But I understand that you are going on five years anniversary of your show, which is amazing. So a big shout-out. Congratulations, five years of podcasting. So Matthew and Aaron... Maybe one day you can get me on your podcast. I'm just saying we can fuck? talk about the new movie, Legend of the White Dragon. My uh, new character is Eric Reed. I could finally show all my tattoos and everything. So, uh, but anyway, congratulations, man. And you guys know what time it is. 
dwarfing time. See you guys. What? <laughs> yeah, man. I... Jason David Frank wanted to say congrats on podcasting. What? <laughs> A Power Ranger just said my name to yeah. me. To you. And also, like, Loki invited himself onto our show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, okay. Congratulated us on five years of podcasting and thought it was amazing that we watched Power Rangers and... Okay, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> I just I just reached out to JDF and I was like, hey buddy, my ma- my main man Matt's a big fan. You wanna just like give him a shout out? And he was like, yo, dude, don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, but for real, I had to pay him money. But um, yeah, that's what I assumed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a website called Cameo. You you. Oh my god. Can get celebrities to send personalized messages. I could also get Gilbert Gottfried and Ice T. To send you a message. <laughs> uh, and also the voice of Andy from Toy Story is on there. Wow. It's really... The definition of celebrity on that site is is really, really wide open. I mean, you know, celebrities are celebrities to their fans, right? Like Exactly. Like, I doubt, I doubt that, you know, you know, I'm going to end this podcast and I'm going to go tell my wife... I got a video from freaking Jason David Frank, and she's gonna be like, "Who the fuck is that?" <laughs> yeah, but the the, the three named terror himself, Jason David Frank. Oh, three, three. I love percent. that he has a JDF necklace. I noticed he's like a that. personalized <laughs> JDF necklace. <laughs> that is like he's just like, yeah, I got three first names. I'm owning yeah. it. <laughs> You just gotta, you you know, Rocking if you it. just got three first names, you have to, you just have to dig right in. You have to let it be yeah. part of you. Way to go, Jason David Frank. Totally. So you're obviously welcome on the show anytime. Oh man, love to talk. Do you think you'll ever listen I, to this? Or <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't fit. Like you have like a certain number of characters we can like fit in. Like who you know what kind of message you want them to to say and like i just couldn't fit the name of our show in there because it's so fucking long yep <laughs> so i just i just had to put like you know five years of podcasting oh um amazing how do i how do i download this video i think it should be there oh i just have to make a, uh, a cameo account oh but then i will download it can... and watch it every morning to get me going to go. get me like wait awake and excited for the day just wanted to clarify yeah. i didn't use the right words <laughs> <laughs> no i know i know what you meant get you fired up not get not that jdf yeah. isn't attractive he's aged well yeah and he's ex- he's yeah. excited to be in a movie where he can actually show his his tats and yeah. i approve show your tats yeah. jdf show them off buddy man so anyways i don't know i'll see if i can reach out to him on twitter or something i don't know jeez that was not at all what i was expecting for our our 50th surprise what the hell oh yes oh i'm so glad oh my gosh i feel like my reaction probably didn't play well to audio because i was just completely stunned for most of it but oh my god no it's it's all good it's all good there's definitely a few moments in there where you're did not know what was going on. So. Yep. 
Wow. Well, thank you, Aaron. Thank you for You're that welcome. amazing gift. You're welcome. Oh. I I was so happy when I got the video sent back to me and I watched it. I was like, holy shit. That's amazing. He said my name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am. And he invited himself onto the show. <laughs> yep. I... That was the part that blew me away. I was like, I, I, I gotta, what? <laughs> I have to reach out somehow. Yeah, fuck. Get, get in touch with his publicist or something. I am all a flutter. Aw, I made you flutter. You made me flutter. I'm, I'm uh, discombobulated. Oh, that's good. Well, then you're in the right mindset for our show. <laughs> Fair. So let's do it. Should we jump mm. in? Now's the time. Cheers. Cheers. We watched... Uh, we headed down under for an Aussie schlock classic again. Oh, yeah. This time we watched Dark Age. For over 200 million years, the crocodile has roamed the swamplands, coexisting with the people of the land. Today... It faces its greatest predator. There was another attack last night. Two fishermen. Fishermen, that's a laugh. They were poachers. Poachers or not, they are big. Looks like you've done it well and truly this time, Bessa. Me? It was one of your crops that did it, not me. This is the one we thought we'd never see in our lifetime, Matt. Here do we have to kill it then? Yeah. You're not getting that numbing worry. It's smart. Stim belong this river. I've got to stop it. I don't want to hurt it, but I've got no choice. Don't you understand? Numbing worry carries the spirit of the people. That's why he says he can't be killed. Devil get him. He tried to kill that crocodile and devil spirit get him. Where is he? Where's he gone? Matt. Hmm. Dark Age. Yep. Movie. It is. About Crocodile. Uh-huh. What'd you think? Well, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Because, uh, so w- whenever you have a movie that's about a large, typically underwater creature eating people, you know, you, you can't help but compare it to Jaws, right? Like, did you... Also compared right. to Jaws? Oh, 100%. As I'm watching it, I think one of the first notes I made actually was, oh, this is basically just the Aussie Jaws. <laughs> yeah, but... And then it, sorry, right at about the third act, I made another note. I'm like, oh, wait, no. Now this is the Australian Free Willy. Yeah, see, it's that's interesting, right? Because the, <laughs> like, the plot of Jaws, I feel like you could say, is there is a large shark killing people. And then that's yeah. it. That's the plot, right? And we have to stop. Yeah. But the plot of this movie is not that at all. It's Well, it sort of is. Well, but it's but it's not cuz I feel like in the end the like the villain, the antagonist of this film was not the giant croc. No. It wasn't. It wasn't. Which was yeah. a, a turn that I found welcoming as I was watching it. So I guess yeah. To 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 get in the movie, essentially, uh, they're in 
Australia. Our main character is a ranger who... Somewhere in the bush. I don't know exactly Yeah, I mean, they they said said. names of towns at some point. I didn't recognize any of them. I'm bad at geography in my own country, let alone other people's countries. (laughs) Yeah, because it was probably like Killabong and Wagga Wagga and, you know... For all I know, those are exactly the places that they said. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up now see <laughs> okay, if Wagga Wagga cool. is an actual place. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, what did I say? Killabong? Killabong, yep. Very close to Billabong. But yeah, the the lead is a ranger who's in charge of, like, animal... Oh, that's a village. That's a village in the Philippines. Oh. Does exist, though. <laughs> yeah, he's in... Oh, Wagga Wagga is a city in Australia. Oh. <laughs> wow. In New South Wales. There you go. <laughs> wow. Yep. Okay. Cool. Crashed <laughs> uh, it. Anyway, Dark Age. Uh, main character. Dark Ranger. Age. He's part of this, uh, or he's basically like the head of this unit, it seems, that is, uh, is all about the conservation and protection of crocs um so that people don't just go hunting them to extinction like the fucking poachers do um but then also Mm -hmm. like if there is a big dangerous croc it's their duty to go put it down so that the people are also Mm -hmm. protected yeah and then we get a fucking massive crocodile prehistorically large oh it's big and uh i mean like its first victims are poachers these fuckers essentially get loaded out in their boat at night with their shotguns and just start shooting crocodiles and at first i thought they were going out hunting i thought that they were like harvesting the skin or the meat or something but it seemed like they were just shooting crocodiles and then moving right along to the next crocodile. Yeah. I didn't see them harvesting bodies or anything. No. Pretty sure they were just no. huge assholes. Yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, Which, like... I, I mean, I know it's illegal, but, like... Like, crocodile skin... You know, it's pretty valuable. Like, they're just leaving money on the table. Yeah. Seems pretty dumb. You know, in for a penny, in for a pound, I say. If you've already shot it... Then, yeah, use the fucking body. Yeah, fucking come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then they... Oh, I'm going to burp. There it is. Nice, I'm leaving that in. Beautiful. Our <laughs> listeners will enjoy that so much. <laughs> um, so then they, they meet a big croc that obviously they can't put down. I think it actually fully tips their boat and then yep. just goes to town. Um, and then... Um, this movie has um, a large a large part of it is um, to do with some of the uh, First Nations people of Australia in that area yeah. Um, yeah. who like know about this giant croc from part of their like culture. Yeah, it's a sacred sacred animal to them. They call it Numanwari. Yeah, referred um, to as the dreaming crocodile, I think. He says, "I think I think yeah. the legend is yeah. that like um, Numanwari was uh, a human, and then didn't have enough food, and then went into the creek and turned into a crocodile and started eating creek stuff." Mm. I think 
I think yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. It was it was a little difficult to understand uh what the the lead aboriginal character was saying at times. Yes. Uh, Cuz he 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 speaks in a very specific dialect. Um I mean like it's it's tough enough to understand some of the white Australians at times. Yes. Uh <laughs> But uh they um yeah, they. I guess they have a, a very a sort of different dialect because I mean, yeah, obviously they wouldn't have grown up speaking English. Probably, of not. English English would have been a a secondary language to them. Um, and and so he, he uses um like using the like the word him instead of his and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of the way that he was talking made me think of like old media portrayals of any Indian or First Nations person speaking in broken yeah. English. Where I was yeah. like, I don't think that this is realistic. <laughs> Him go that way kind of thing. Like I've yeah never experienced that in real life. I did grow up um like very close to a large First Nations reserve, the Kwakwala people. Well I grew up in Port Hardy. In case anyone knows who that yeah. is. Um, never once have I heard anyone talk like that. That's just like the first no. time I heard that was Peter Pan from Disney. Um, Ooh. which is, yeah, you rewatch that and you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> nope. Um, that, that song is so offensively racist, yeah. but it is a banger. It is tragically catchy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I <laughs> I did get a kind of feeling of that the way they were talking, where I was like, uh, would they actually talk like that? I don't know for sure, but I I don't know either. Um, I yeah, I don't really want to comment on whether or not that's accurate or not. I just know that at times I found it hard to understand, difficult to understand. Yeah. At at first, you, you kind of it's kind of after a while, it was sort of like Shakespeare, where your ear just kind of gets tuned to it. Mm. Like you know, any time you go see a Shakespeare play, like the first five minutes, you have no idea what the fuck's yes. going on, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and you just you adjust yeah you start to pick up on the right things and you're like oh okay i know what's going on but uh yeah, yeah so there's yeah a big croc namanmare and the uh the first nations people they're like yeah it's a big croc it's sacred like i don't i don't think he says like don't go kill it i think he says you can't kill it like if you, if you yeah. go after it you're dead pretty much yeah. <laughs> um and yeah, so like the investigation kind of starts, um, but the head ranger dude is also kind of like, okay, I know that these are poachers. I hate poachers. These guys suck. They probably deserved it. But then old Namanwari comes up on the beach when all the kids are playing in the water and straight up eats a child. Oh, yeah. I really... Like our... our... That, that's that's when I was like, okay, this is, this is Australian Jaws. <laughs> yeah, because there's that scene in Jaws where the shark eats the little Kintner boy, you know. Yeah, I really, I didn't think they were gonna do I, I, it. I like the, our 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 lead female character Kathy was like running down the dock because she was the first one to see the crocodile approaching and was like got pretty close to the kid. I thought for sure, yeah. she was gonna save him at the last moment, and then it was gonna be like, oh no, our kids aren't safe. We need to do something about the crocodile. No, fully nope. like one bites this kid. Just one bite brownies yeah, that child. Like a fucking Snickers bar. It was 
and gone. Honestly, the the foley work was wonderfully cringy. Of like yeah. just oh yeah, I'm like ooh, that sounded like a like a plastic water bottle, and it really hit home. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, oh. I've used plastic water bottles to make bone crunching foley sound effects. Me too. <laughs> and it uh, it works yeah, perfectly. For neck snaps and the like. Yep. Yeah. I I once did. Uh, actually, you were part of this project. The the final our final film project we did in grade twelve. Uh, there's a scene where a oh. girl gets her head, accidentally gets her head smashed against a concrete wall, and I used a a phone. I smashed two phone books together, <laughs> and crushed a, a a plastic water bottle, like a real brittle one. And I remember our teacher was like, "You gotta take the sound effects down, man. That is gruesome." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. Ugh. yeah yeah but it was yeah i mean like combined with like I mean, now i'm talking about our grade 12 film about <laughs> <laughs> like the image of like her head going back and i like timed it so perfectly and then she just like went limp and dropped and he was like dude that's you can't show this to your parents <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how you know you did well <laughs> what, what are they what are they gonna think and i'm like well, they won't care but okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah your parents in particular I'll, would not mind that at all i'll i'll turn the volume down i guess <laughs> Uh, but yeah anyway no man eating children it's a good way to um create a sense of uh foreboding mm. if you will <laughs> uh sure. yeah imminent sense of danger suddenly the stakes are are much higher bunch of drunken poachers get eaten good i say mm-hmm. innocent children get eaten i say bad that's fair yes good assessment Aaron. so yeah <laughs> Yeah, so basically it's about the like the issue rising and rising about there being a killer croc and this ranger whose like job is protecting crocodiles, his whole department is now in jeopardy of being shut down and if they get shut down, then all the crazy drunk poachers who won't be poachers anymore because no one's stopping them will hunt mm-hmm. the crocodiles to extinction. Um yeah. and so I was actually pretty impressed overall with the plot that i felt the stakes being like the stakes aren't this dude's life or his job or his department like there is a risk of a species being hunted to extinction as the outcome of this film and i was like oh i i i'm feeling stakes right now i don't always feel that in the movies we watch (laughs) looking at you mortal kombat it's a true (laughs) Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a like true conservationist exploitation film. Yeah, which is weird. It is weird because like it does have it does have this com- you know conservational message to it, but then it also has scenes where like a bunch of drunken, rowdy Aussie, uh, you know, roughhousing gangbanger dudes decide to beat the shit out of an, a drunken old man for fun yep uh and they chase him down the street and then chase him onto the beach and they're like kicking him and punching him and and then uh just as you know just in the nick of time the giant crocodile shows up and and eats the eats the gangbanger yeah but uh 
it's like you know you, it, I, I don't know if it was like in the bylaws or something in the country where like if you were making a film in australia between the years of like 1970 and 1990 like you just had to have a roaming gang of ruffians <laughs> show up um <laughs> yeah was that like a, like was that a, a common thing well, it's it's funny. So uh, there's this great documentary. I'm sure I'm sure I bring it up every time we do a, an Aussie B movie uh, called Not Quite Hollywood. And there's an interview with Quentin Tarantino where he's talking about. He's like, in coming of age dramas uh, of like teenage girls, uh, those characters show up. You know, it, it they show up in mob movies. They show up in horror movies. They show up in action movies. They show up in romances. Like, doesn't matter what genre the movie is at some point or another like a gang of bikers will show up and kick the shit out of someone wow and like as i was as i was watching this killer croc movie and i, and I was I'm like why are we following the drunken old man stumbling home and then like you know this car tries to run him over and i'm like oh right we have to do this scene now <laughs> yep and i'm thinking back to it i'm like let me see dead end drive in there was Pretty much every character in that yeah, movie was absolutely. that. And then uh, Razorback, it was... Oh, the crazy goblins. The the crazy goblins <laughs> that run the, the pet food plant. Yep. <laughs> um, BMX Bandits might be the only one. I feel like... I feel like the gang is just the the villains, though. Like, Yeah. But they're, but they're like the villains, aren't they like wearing like suits and stuff? Aren't they like... Um, were they? I thought that. I think so. Well, I, I think it's to make them look like because the because the heroes are kids. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so I guess the like, closest we really come is is mustache and the creep trying to run them run the kids yeah. down in their car. That's true. Maybe maybe in BMX Bandits the kids are the gang of oh my god ruffians. Oh whoa! Metatext. It's metatextual. <laughs> we need to rewatch BMX Bandits. We need to watch BMX Bandits. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, but before then. Back to Dark Age. Back to Dark Age. Um, yeah, I I was surprised. I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I mean, like, so like to the to the point where I would definitely watch it again. Um, I liked I liked John Jarrett a lot, who's like the main the main guy. Yeah. Um, the only thing I had seen him in, probably what anyone actually in North America would know him as, is. Um, the uh, Mick Taylor, the killer in the Wolf Creek movies. Oh, I don't know them. Um, it's like a. It's, it, it, they kind of it was like a, it was like an Australian indie horror slasher movie that came out in the early two thousands. Um, kind of around the same time as like Hostel and Saw. Mm. They kind of make these like really extreme, like violent torture porn kind of movies. Were like yeah. in in fashion. Yeah. Um. I'm not I'm not crazy about the movies, uh, but they did a TV show, um, which is on Shutter. In, if you're in Canada, it's in Sh- it's on Shutter, uh, and it's like uh, two seasons. They're both anthology, so like each season follows a different group of characters. But the show is phenomenal. The first season in particular huh. is amazing. It's worth it's worth um, just get just get a free week of Shutter, and and you could probably binge watch. The entire first season, probably do most of the second season if you really had a lot of free time. Highly recommended. But um, he plays this like crazy outback killer. It's like a cross between like Steve Irwin and Hannibal Lecter. Ooh, maybe the best way to describe. Yikes! <laughs> That's a mashup. Like, 
like if Hannibal Lecter was a total like Aussie bogan and grew up in the middle of the outback. Oh boy. Is kind of what his character is. So like watching going from seeing him as that and that's my only exposure to this man to like seeing him being like the like handsome you know chiseled jaw lead of the movie is like I was like oh okay. <laughs> He's got a bit of range. Yeah, which is nice. Always nice to see that. Yeah. But yeah, like where where this movie could have just been the Australian Jaws, where now our our lead hero, the Ranger, you know, gets all his gear together, goes, hunts down, and eventually blows up the crocodile. Instead of that, we get our lead ranger who's concerned about the conservation of alligators, teaming up with And and also about like Aboriginal rights. Yeah. Totally, which is like, like he's like, he's like it's not it's not the white man's place to to go in and just shoot the crocodile every time. Yeah, he straight know. up brings up like the the like some of the like fallacies of colonization. Um, totally, where like all of these white people are in charge and shouldn't be. Um, I just did not expect that from an, a movie, especially from the eighties. Like, oh no, totally not. And I did find it hard to uh take the the his boss seriously at times because he kind of looks like John C McGinley that's who he looked like i <laughs> i was i was trying to figure it out it does yeah oh like his boss but is like, just with like a fatter the, neck just, the fat yeah just like he's just the Aussie Dr Cox <laughs> it was weird it was yeah it was except less funny and more of an asshole yeah <laughs> which is weird yeah. but yeah so that that took me out of it at a couple points i'm like oh my gosh really <laughs> yeah like to the point where i can't even imagine his face i'm just imagining john c mckinley <laughs> in the movie that's good um but yeah so he but, our lead i totally don't remember his name at all but he i don't either he teams up with the um i'll look it up i i th- I don't know if he was the the leader of the of the the First Nations tribe or if he was just the one that he was one of the elders and our lead character knew he's him. He's an eld he's an elder and they've been fr- and they've been friends. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell if he was actually right, he he seems to actually have some relationship with him. Uh oh his name was Steve. The main character's name is oh, Steve. Yeah, of course. Steve Harris. Yeah, Steve and uh uh and the the uh, First Nations elder who helps him is named uh, Undabund, I think. Yeah, you, you got it. Nice. I, they said it enough and times. That, and the actor, the actor that plays him is Burnham Burnham. I remember seeing that name in the credits and being like, that's interesting. Who has the same name twice? The actor's so nice, they named him twice. Yeah. Uh, Burnham Burnham. <laughs> there we go. Now I know. Burnham Burnham. But yeah, he teams up with, with Undabund and... Undabun's son? Uh, yeah, the guy who plays his son. David uh, Golpilil? I'm probably butchering that. That guy is like the Australian Aboriginal actor. Oh, cool. Who's just like... He was in... Just like... He was in Crocodile Dundee. He was in this. He's been in just like a bunch of... Uh, and like a movie called Rabbit Proof Fence from early 2000s, which is really good. He was in the 
uh, Baz Luhrmann Australia movie. Oh. Just been in a, a bunch of stuff. Cargo, which was really good. Hmm. Yeah. He apparently is a very, very... Uh, he's like the indigenous Australian actor. Kind of like uh, Graham Greene in Canada. Oh. Cool. Where it's like... Oh, you need an Aboriginal elder? Just get Graham Greene. He'll do it. <laughs> nice. He was in he was in Dances with Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> and he just shows up in, in every he was in the Corner Gas movie for like one scene. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh man. They're going fishing. <laughs> Love it. So anyways, apparently he's he's like their their Graham Greene. Nice. Um yeah. But yeah, so uh, Steve and Undebund. And as well as um, Kathy, the the woman who almost, almost saved the kid who got eaten, who turns out to be the uh, like love interest in the film, they all they yeah. all team up. I mean, Kathy doesn't come for the the first part, but um, they instead of killing the crocodile, like the elder tells him the story and is like, yeah, he's originally from this other place, and then he got lost down the creeks. Well, I think he was maybe like making the creeks way back in the day and so they're like okay well let's just fucking like bring him home away from all the humans and so they actually like there's a a, like action sequence of them having to like harpoon and pull down and tranquilize Naminware um Mm -hmm. and then they like put him on a huge um semi truck because he's fucking massive (laughs) yeah um he's like literally on a flat deck yeah (laughs) and they and then they like try to like hide him from the poachers by like covering him in like tree branches and stuff. And yep, there's there's a great a great scene where they go to uh they're they're trying to uh, take him, you know, off somewhere and release him where he won't be a danger to to humans. And there's like a weigh station. He's like, oh, this is like the only chance I'm gonna get to weigh this thing. So they, <laughs> oh, yeah, they like pull off to to weigh him, and then like, oh, what you haul? It's like you don't have to stop for a weigh. Like you're not overloaded. He's like, no, we just want to know how much we're carrying. If we get away, he's like, oh yeah, sure. Goes off and and weighs. They're like, what you got? He's like, oh, just some just some uh you know timber from you know back there. We're t- we're taking it up here uh for a, a building project. He's like, oh okay, cool. And the the guy like kind of like walks to the back and like the the tail just like <laughs> he, like goes to like peek underneath and look at it and like the tail like comes out and like swats him. He's like. Ah! <laughs> And then they just like hightail it out of there, yeah. Yeah, they just like book it. They just book it yeah, out of there. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> it is pretty amazing. Um, fun fact about this movie, which I didn't realize, it was written by a woman. Oh. Oh. Sonia Borg. Interesting, because I was I was gonna say that, especially for like an eighties B movie, I really appreciated um not all of it per se, but the the love interest was not like flat and shallow no, not at all like we we get a we are shown a lot and not told a lot and i feel like that's a lot that happens very often in these old movies where it's like you know there's some dude and then he sees a girl and they make eyes and then some you know his like sidekick or whatever was like oh who's that girl and he's like ah that's so and so and here's our entire history together maybe we'll end yeah. up back together but i don't know it might be too late and you're as the audience you're like oh, okay well they're obviously yeah. going to end up back together in this movie it's going to take some intensely stressful situation uh <laughs> that causes the two of us to spend a lot of time together and 
life and death scenarios in order to rekindle that that passion that's that's gone out and i don't know maybe that'll happen over the next hour and a half or so but 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 uh that ship has sailed we're never going to get back together yeah whereas in this movie we we got like little bits of how they felt about each other and what their past together is through yeah through like actually written dialogue between them at no point do I think either of them talk to a different character about their personal relationship with each other. No. It only comes out no. in scenes together. Yeah, which is great. And there was no like big fight scene where she's like, you just love crocodiles more than you love me. And I, I won't be secondary to a bunch of lizards and you are the worst man ever. And then he grabs her and kisses her with the force of a thousand waterfalls and she forgets everything that she just said. Yeah. You know, no, like that scene doesn't happen. She was an actual character, which now I think makes sense because it was written by a woman. <laughs> That's yeah. very good to know. Um, and yeah, they good had on you, Sonia. Very much so, yeah. And they had interesting dialogue together. Hashtag good on you, Sonia. Hashtag good on you, Sonia. Love it. Uh, yeah. So the the love interest was was well written. Um, yes. And I just I didn't expect that. Um, and then the the climax of this movie is um steve undebund and undebund's son um making it for the the creek that namanware should be in um and then the poachers there's one in particular he's the lead one he's like the only survivor of the first attack he goes back to try to kill the croc again he fucking hates crocs and namanware takes his fucking arm off um and then I can't remember. Was it actually Namanwari or was it a, just a different crocodile? Oh, that was him because he he tries to kill it with an axe and he leaves a wound in Namanwari's head. And they see that wound right, later. Right, right. Yeah, so it was him. But there is there is a scene where they like think they've killed a croc, right? But then it turns out it was a different croc. Well, they go out and shoot like literally all the crocodiles they can find at one point yeah the immediate reaction to the kid being eaten is that like all of the rangers go out in boats and hunt all of the crocodiles and it's for nothing but i remember there being a scene where um they're talking about like oh yeah we went we we uh we killed it Uh, and then like another croc attack happens uh i don't think you're remembering that right or am i just confusing that with jaws i think you're confusing that with jaws uh what does happen in this movie is that they go out and they catch um namanware right but the official yeah. press release is that it's been dealt with and they let everyone believe that they killed it oh maybe that's what, we're talking about, um, what I'm thinking. but then yeah word reaches the poacher bastards that they're not dead yeah. he's not dead but being held and they go well yeah because he got he they went out and tried to get revenge and he got his arm bitten off yeah and so he's in the hospital and his and then... mental and physical health is deteriorates deteriorates greatly he like basically becomes a psychopath mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and they like get in get in their car he drives so hard and so hot trying to hunt down this croc that he overheats his car and they actually have to pull over at one point and just wait <laughs> Uh, yeah <laughs> i didn't think that was a bit strange <laughs> yeah but then um but then kathy who like they they came to 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 steve's house and he has like a like a place in his yard um 
where he keeps some crocs probably rescued them and they just go in and, and mm-hmm. shoot them all like ex- execution yeah. style it's fucking brutal um and then they when they realize that steve's not there they take off and he's like i know where they're taking him i don't really know how he knows that but apparently he does um and they take off after harassing kathy but then kathy like gets on the horn with steve in the semi and is like damn poachers are on their way that's not what she sounds like but uh yeah she's like i just i just passed them they're broken down the side of the road yeah she just goes right past them that was actually good too like they they get out in front of the road and they're like waving their arms and they have guns and everything and she just floors it (laughs) yeah yeah that's great yeah and then yeah she eventually she catches up and we had the semi gets like stuck in the sand at one point but they need to get going because the poachers are coming and they have to like rig up some stuff and like put um like sticks under the tire so that it'll gain traction and while they're down there steve's gun falls out of his pocket so that he doesn't have it later well yes okay so they're driving through the bush literally with undabun sitting on the hood of the truck yeah he's straight in the front this way let's go this way he's like like a freaking hood ornament (laughs) on the front of the car amazing let's go this way and and so steve's like okay sure and then like eventually like they like end up driving over like like a small i don't know i want to say a small cliff but that sounds too big yeah no it's <laughs> just a, a little bit they of catch a drop. some air yeah <laughs> they catch some air in the semi and yeah like goes flying and um but luckily they're like pretty close to the billabong so they just kind of yeah they lead they, they managed to get the croc in the water yeah they lead them in water to the water but then the poachers like catch up and then people start scuffing they actually like shoot namanwari before he's in the water a few times and people start yeah. fighting um and yeah Naman- while they were digging out the tire steve accidentally dropped his gun so he doesn't have a gun yeah uh, so he's he's fist fighting all of the poachers uh, and then the the main poacher guy who who lost his arm grabs the axe and he heads into the water to try and kill Namanwari, which is seems like a bad idea. I mean, it was a bad idea, but he he almost does. Like Namanwari, I think is still a little tranked, and he gets in the water and starts hacking away at his neck with that axe. Yeah. Um. At which point, Undabund gets up his harpoon and is not going to have yeah, that. Yeah. So can we talk about this at one point? Because like. Undebund is wearing like clothes, and then uh, he's wearing like That's about it. Well, well, not for the whole scene though, was he? I think so. I need to see it again, but I I feel like he was wearing clothes, and then when the poacher showed up, he ran off into the bush, and then uh, came back, and was only all of a sudden he had full body paint on and was only wearing um like tiny little boxer shorts i i only remember them wearing little boxer shorts and then partway through the movie they have a ceremony and they do body paints and it's after that ceremony that they go um help steve i'm I'm pulling it up yeah i remember that i remember them doing the body paints but okay let me see here okay he's got he's got like a yellow t-shirt on and does he have the headband on? 
I mean, he prob- probably has the head on the whole time. Uh, nope, doesn't. Oh, anyways, <laughs> after they tr- crash the truck and they're trying to l- lure them into the water, when the poachers show up, he like runs off into the bush and then comes back with like full on full body paint. He's got a headband on and he's just wearing his like little red shorts and he's got like five spears with him. <laughs> and I was like, where the fuck did he get? Not only the five spears, but he also has like the, I think it's called a Wubbera or something like that. It's like the, the spear launcher. Oh, yeah. I guess I just assumed that he had those in the semi or something. Maybe. Sure. Let's say he did. Okay. I just I just remember him ru- him running off, and then like the next time I see him, he comes back in with like full on <laughs> body paint and spears and the th- and I was like that. I just kind of burst out laughing. I was like that came out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> and I'm just like imagining. I'm like I want to see the deleted scene where he runs off and he's like, okay, gotta take out the shirt. Okay, gotta put on the thing. Quickly put on the war. Gotta gotta save the crocodile. Gotta get, get oh my gosh, to the gotta phone booth my, and gotta paint my entire body. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is taking so long. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's it's super it's super it's a super tragic ending because Undabund gets his harpoon ready to save Namunware. One of the other poachers gets in his way and raises his gun, and then they both take each other out. The yeah. poacher gets harpooned, I think, like in the neck or something, and then Undabund is blasted with a shotgun right in the middle of the torso yeah yeah and then his son um uses the harpoon to to uh kill the main well to spear the main yeah it gets him in like the upper thigh so that he can't like scurry out of the water at which point nomenware um gets his shit together and wrecks that dude Which is pretty satisfying. Yeah. But then, but then, you know, like that happens. Namanwari goes away. I think all the rest of the poachers just beef it because their instigator died. But then Steve yeah. gets down with a dying Undabund, and Undabund says, "I wish that I'd written down the line. It wasn't bad, um, but it was like we we are born, we die." The spirit lives on, and then yeah, he passes. Like that. And then Steve, fucking, you know, rears back his head and gives the the grieving scream. Yeah, <laughs> he yells. He yells so loud that you, that it, you can hear it at Air's Rock, <laughs> which is and like which is either very far away or right next to them there's really no context for it <laughs> yeah yeah don't know about that uh yeah and then but then there's there's only one scene after that where undabun's undabun's son um along with just someone else um from his tribe um go to the the billabong um with on on the end of a stick they have a few bones and it is uh, it is alluded to that those are some of the bones of Undabund because earlier we learned that like, oh yeah, there used to be like, like, um, like a, a spiritual leader of the tribe who would be the one to look after Namanware and like deal yeah. with him. And then when that person died, they would feed Namanware some particular bones from that person's body and their spirit would live on through the crocodile. Right, so we have yeah, that yeah. and then the movie ends. Which to me is not much of a denouement. 
There is no. <laughs> little to no falling action at all after that very tragic outcome. Whoops. Yeah. Uh yeah, it kinda just kinda just goes to credits. We don't get to see what happens with, with Steve and Kathy. Yep. Um <laughs> I guess they get back together. I mean like they they sort of did get back together. They haven't worked out all their issues, which is a very realistic portrayal of a relationship. Um Yeah, so yeah, she's she says that he was a lousy fuck and then it immediately cuts to them in bed and John Girat is just going to town on her kneecap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> just with his mouth. Suck, suck in that <laughs> kneecap. So sensual for so what long, the too. Fuck? <laughs> I mean, like, I was just like, I haven't tried it. I'll say that much, but maybe the kneecap is her erogenous zone. Mm. Who knows? Just the lefty. It was lefty like that. Lefty like that. (laughs) Rose. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, ultimately, I was disappointed with the sudden tragic ending of the movie and not getting any falling action with our what I felt were our lead characters um mm-hmm. but that being said this was so much better than just an aussie jaws movie um and totally had a lot of intelligent writing and um yeah it really drew me into the plot mm-hmm. i i really enjoyed it a lot uh i thought the music was really good it as well it had a very 80s soundtrack which mm-hmm. at some points were like pretty bad where it's like, oh yeah, some synthesized pan flute. That's what I want right now to set the mood. Um, whereas in other points it was like, this is like some of the, the synths and like techniques that people use now because eighties synths are definitely in style. Yeah. So some of it was very good. And then some of it was like very but dated. I, I feel like, <laughs> Oh yeah, no, totally. But I feel like there was definitely parts where they they had mixed in some like traditional like, um, traditional Australian instruments too. There were, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and not and not just didgeridoo. That was the other yeah. thing that I liked. I was like, I love that. You know, we're seeing huge vistas of the outback, and it's not just like, <laughs> yes. You know, and I'm like, oh, we're in Australia, and it's like, well, it's probably because it was made by Australians and not Americans. Probably, yep. <laughs> yeah. and there was a lot of interesting um, percussion as well that was used i always enjoyed yeah that. the percussion in particular yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed um i should have looked up who the composer was but oh well i saw the name and i just didn't um, recognize it so yeah i uh yeah overall i like it quite a bit um the the one i think kind of detractor for the movies that the croc isn't very good oh yeah it's yeah um <laughs> it's pretty bad <laughs> It's when it's not moving, it looks great. Yes, like the scene, the scenes where it's tranquilized and they have it in the reserve, uh, you know, in the and they're she's like going up to pet it and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that's, that looks like really good. But there's like definitely scenes where it's like in the water and it's like, like very very slowly like opening its mouth trying to you know attack yeah. someone. It's like, that, unfortunately, that's the last yeah. way that we see it too. <laughs> yeah, slowly closing its giant mouth over the bones, the really slowly and mechanically. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's kind of the one downside to it being like really truly great. Um but I think they they worked around it a lot, you know. Yeah. You kind of 
you don't see it a lot or if you do see it you can kind of just see like the tail spines and and you know a little bit of it as it's going through the water mm-hmm. uh, you know as opposed to seeing the whole crocodile trying to come up onto the land and eat people like i don't know if you've ever seen the movie um uh rogue no which is another giant australian crocodile movie oh. <laughs> uh directed by the same guy who made wolf creek actually uh, ah. but that one they use a, C- a cgi crocodile for a lot of it and it just it's just not as good oh, yeah i believe that yeah yeah but yeah ultimately given the the three-tier rating system that we use here on the Retro Craptacular podcast, I feel like this is very clearly a Breakfast Club fist bump. Hell yeah. Don't you forget about me, baby. Baby. Yeah. Breakfast Club fist bump. I do have a question, though. Why the hell is this movie called Dark Age? (laughs) No idea. What's up with that? (laughs) I have no fucking clue. (laughs) It's based on a book, and the book's called Numenwari. That would make so much sense. And I, yeah, and I get like, okay, Numenwari doesn't mean a lot to white people. And you see Numenwari on a poster, and you're like, what the fuck is that? Yep. That's stupid. Let's go see Star Wars again. <laughs> I think this probably would have been out around the same time. As one of the Star Wars sequels. And that's how I sounded back then, so. Was this 1987? All right. Uh, let's go see Predator. Here we go. It's about a Predator. <laughs> I know what that is. I don't know what a Newman worry is. But calling it Dark Age also doesn't help at all. <laughs> yeah, like, it's because it's not medieval. Nope. <laughs> sure ain't. Yeah, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I wonder if it's in the trivia on IMDb. I'll look it okay. up. Um. Also, I'm having a hard time finding the Rotten Tomatoes. Hold on. Me and the listeners will just sit here and wait for you. Shh, just wait. <laughs> oh, baby. All right, all right. Uh, so the audience score and the tomato meter critic score uh, are are drastically, drastically different. Oh, okay. Um. Now, so this is based off six reviews. What do you think the tomato meter gives it? This is the critics. Critics. Okay. Um. I mean, while I enjoyed the movie and I liked it, I feel like maybe it probably wasn't reviewed very well critically. I'm gonna guess twenty-seven. <laughs> do you want me to just tell you? Uh. Yeah. 100 percent what <laughs> that's never happened okay you said this, this movie only... has a higher critical rating than citizen kane oh my fuck. <laughs> so every every critic who's actually taken the time to watch and review this has said yep it's good that's, that's only based on six reviews okay the good context but still but still <gasps> that makes me so yeah. happy and so the audience score was really bad 41 41 oh that's super different 41 percent. yeah oh wow I th- wow that's great i, I was not expecting that at I all thought critics would have not liked it for some reason but i w- yeah i know i'm like best case scenario high 50s yeah you know but wow 100 <laughs> no, percent. 100 percent. yes uh 
79% of Google users liked it, and uh, it has a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. So, wow. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, as to why it's called Dark Age, could not tell you. Yeah, well. <laughs> ah, it was just a pretty good movie. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. If you're going to watch a killer crocodile movie, um, you know, you could watch Rogue, you could watch Crawl. I don't think either of them are as good as this one. Awesome. Yeah. I think that uh, that just about does it. Yeah. Um, we we rated the movie. I didn't forget to do that, so that's good. <laughs> um, what? Uh, any final thoughts on Dark Age? I think. No, I think that was that was just about everything. It was just God. We're enjoyable. so bad at ending the show. All right, here we go. Um, <laughs> We're so just, bad. Just this, don't but... ask me. If I have something to say, then I'll say it. You don't have to ask me if I have anything else to say. Uh, okay. Fine. I tell you 50 episodes Shut later. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. You suck. <laughs> Nobody asked you. Uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to the Retro Craptacular uh, on our podcast on Dark Age. We will be back next month with uh, a little, the start of a little mini series that I'm calling. Uh, the Retro Craptacular Super Spooky Summer. Ooh, that's what I. Uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm going with. Uh, we're gonna do three horror movies over the course of June, mm-hmm. uh, or July and August, starting with Resident Evil Apocalypse. Oh then in July we're gonna watch Psycho Two. Oh, the second Psycho. Uh-oh. And in. August, we are going to celebrate Friday the 13th by watching Jason Goes to Hell. Oh my gosh. Oh so, no. Keep a lookout for that. Uh, yeah, super. the super spooky summer is going to kick off in fashion. I mean, this could even maybe be a little, a little teaser for the, oops, a little teaser for the super spooky summer, you know, wet your beak a little mm. bit. Yeah. It's not. It wasn't quite a horror movie, but uh, there was some killing, close and dismembering. Yeah, definitely. So keep an eye out for that. If you want to uh, connect with the show at all, just head to linktr.ee/retrocrappod. There you can find links to our Spotify, iTunes, uh, all of our social medias. Uh, there's a link to our email. If you want to email in, nobody did this month. Bad face. Oh. Um, <laughs> Uh, we got a, a YouTube there where you can it just has all the videos or all the episodes on there, but also some videos that I've made. Uh, and we've got a Patreon, mm-hmm. which you can uh, support the show and you get some bonus episodes. And uh, it's pretty yeah, cheap. Join Aaron's mom and support us on Patreon. Yeah, my mom's real nice. You guys are really like her. <laughs> um, maybe we'll have her on the show one day. Who knows? It'd be amazing. Dude, she'd probably do probably, it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> if we asked, she'd probably do it. Um, oh, we should have had our moms on for Mother's oh, Day. Damn it. That would have been amazing. Could have done a Mother's Day special with our moms. <sighs> that would have been funny. Maybe next, next year. year. What should we make our mom what should we make our moms watch for Mother's Day? We got a whole year to think about e- it. But email in. Oh yeah. Retro retrocrappod at gmail.com. Good Mother's um, Day crappy movie. <laughs> Stop or my mom will shoot. 
Is that a, is that Don't a tell movie? mom we killed the babysitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sylvester Stallone. That's the movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger tricked Sylvester Stallone into doing, because he had gotten a copy of the script and been like, "This is a horrible fucking movie." And then he went to his agent and he was like, "Tell the press that I'm interested in doing this movie." <sighs> and and then Sylvester Stallone saw that and he's like, "Don't I want to do that movie? Don't let Arnold do that movie. Call the studio right now and tell them I'm going to do the movie." Wow. And then, <laughs> oh my gosh. And then tricked Sylvester Stallone into doing that movie, and it was a terrible movie. That's amazing. It is amazing. So yeah, that's it. That's the show. We did it. Uh, we did it. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. This will be a bit belated by the time it comes uh, out. Yeah. Mother's Day is tomorrow, right. but it probably won't come out till about Monday or Tuesday. We'll see. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening to the show. Join us next month for the super spooky summer mm-hmm. Resident Evil Apocalypse. And uh, until then, keep watching crap. <laughs>